This is It Was a Thing on TV. Spoiler number one is Dr. Lee Franz. It stinks. What is going on? <laughs> what is going on? Episode 52. Submission 154. Infiltrator. Infiltrator aired as part of Season 1 of CBS Summer Playhouse on August 14th, 1987. For one glorious episode. One glorious episode! I think we're being generous by saying one glorious episode. Especially since one of us didn't make it past about 12 minutes. No, one of us did not. So a bit of explanation of what was going on here. There was a time where people did not air talent shows, game show reboots, or reruns of stuff that aired in Australia over the summer. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, they needed some programming to fill these networks. They didn't know they didn't know what to do. We can't show the same reruns of the same crap we've been airing all year long. We gotta come up with something different for these people. Uh, come up with some new crap. So they did. They decided to uh, networks have decided to basically turn every pilot that did not make it to series into a bit of an anthology series. Which makes me ask, why didn't NBC air Malcolm in 1983? Because nobody at NBC was high. Come on now. Oh, oh, that was the last episode where everybody was high. Yeah. (laughs) Wait, Doug Benson was in Grant Tinker's office back in 1983. (laughs) Anywho... Enter the CBS Playhouse, and of all the pilots that aired on season one of CBS Summer Playhouse, this was one of them. Uh, This was a show called Infiltrator, which was basically what would happen if Scott Bakula teleported inside his colleague's office and became one with an intergalactic space probe. I wish I was kidding. Yeah. So, so it's sort of a mix of Auto Man and Cartman gets an anal probe? Yes. Yep. Yeah, basically. Remember Turbo Teen? By the way, that's a future entry. It's sort of like that. Only with uh, what looks like the eye from 2001 A Space Odyssey. You know, it's funny, considering Scott Bakula is in this. I know this is pre-Quantum Leap, but you know what this reminds me of? What does it remind you of? Do you remember those series of VHS tapes involving uh, Colin Baker called The Stranger, where it was kind of like Doctor Who, where it had like actors related to the show, but they couldn't legally call it Doctor Who. This is what this feels like. You have like a you have like a doctor, in this case Scott Bakula's character, with a project that is underfunded, and so he decides to experiment on the project and everything goes wrong. 
Yeah, he's. It, it, it wouldn't be unlike him stepping into the quantum leap accelerator and mysteriously vanishing. It really wouldn't. It would, except in this case, he sort of reappears in his colleague's office. His colleague, by the way, is played by Deborah Maloney. Yeah, I don't know who she is either. Or, or, or Deborah Ferentino is what she's credited under in IMDb. Ah, now I know who she is. There you go. Yeah, just the difference between a married name and a and a maid name, it appears. Mm-hmm. So the our our adventure begins with our intrepid doctor teleporting a pencil. It's a little bit on fire, but he gets the thing to work. Oh, and one thing I should mention, Scott Beckel's character in this pilot is is very much into old television shows. Yeah. First time we see him, he runs out of his office screaming, Yabba Dabba Doo. I got a question. Do you think he was a fan of future installment, the Flintstone Kids? Probably. <laughs> Jeez. Oh no, he went there. Yeah, he did. So now he's going to go back into the lab after having run there across campus, it looks like. Now he's going to teleport there where he's going to run into an intergalactic space probe. Codename Project Interceptor. And I'm looking at the probe now. It's huge. How huge is it? It's so huge that Blake used it for a toothpick. That was terrible. Anyway. <laughs> I've got my answer, Gene. <laughs> I've got future installment, The Big Show Show. <laughs> Don't know if that's going to be a future installment, but maybe it's on the list eventually. Maybe. <laughs> or, or we can actually mention George Mirasan, who was in the movie and future installment on the <laughs> spinoff podcast. <laughs> it was a thing at the movies. My Giant with Billy yes! Crystal. Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> My Giant. Oh, geez. There we go. We're going back to a spinoff podcast. It was a thing at the movies. It was a thing at the fast food drive-thru. Now we're back in form. Okay, so back to Scott Bakula being teleported into his colleague's lab. Uh, oh, yeah. Before we mention that, before he teleports into his colleague's lab what does he say he says beam me up scotty which if scott Bakula's character knew anything about star trek he'd know that he that captain kirk never said beam me up scotty the closest he ever said to that it was in star trek 4 when he says scotty beam us up so, hashtag so. the mandela effect some television some television ban am i right yeah so yeah he so he appears in Carrie Langdon's lab again smoking not unlike the pencil 
But something disappears. The probe. What? So the probe is missing, but what you don't know, and what Carrie doesn't know, is that... Uh-oh. He's sort of chemically bonded with the probe. Again, not unlike future installment, Turbo Teen. The hell is Turbo Teen? Turbo Teen. Guy in a Camaro drives himself into a secret government lab. Okay. It was awesome! I want to say it was a cartoon from what? Maybe about 30 years ago? Yes. Okay. Yeah, actually, even longer than that, uh, it says uh, 1984, so 35, 36 years ago. Yeah. I know what Chico's talking about, though, so I can definitely vouch for him. Yeah, so while everybody's looking for the probe, nobody seems to notice it's in Scott Bakula. Yeah. Nobody noticed this. No. No one figured this out. And also there's this there's this scene where Scott Bakula is being chased by what was it? Somebody somebody wanted to get the probe or something. Uh-huh. Uh, because there always is. There's always yes. some sort of industrialist on a boat in a suit. Looking for the probe to use to his own nefarious ends. Yep. So Scott Bakula, he's walking, he's singing the Jetsons theme while this guy's chasing him. And all of a sudden, like, Scott Bakula can, like, see in, like, red, like, night vision. And so during this chase, like, all you can hear is crickets. You can tell that they, they did not even bother to score this unsold pilot. Because all you can hear is crickets during this chase scene. Yep. That's awfully lazy. You can get some money to afford a composer. They spent all the money on the, on, well, Interceptor. And by Interceptor, I mean the suit. We'll get, we'll get to that, though. Yeah, so what we presume is... The guy who's chasing Scott Bankula gets knocked out by Scott Bankula. Carrie Langdon goes after Scott Bankula, and she says, where is the probe? And then Scott Bankula takes his hand, which has now become like a robot arm. It's like a power glove on steroids, basically. Yeah, it is a power glove on steroids. It's a jacked-up power glove on steroids is what Scott Bakula has on. Yep. And what happens is the Interceptor probe has three levels of defense. It is The whole thing is based upon self-preservation. Level one sort of uh, defends the host passively. Level two defends the host actively. Level three, that's when things get real. And then there's hijinks on, like, the highway where they're driving. It's like, uh, Carrie's driving like a madman. In comes level one. 
basically protecting the host. Then she continues to drive like a madman, and then somebody else drives like a madman. In comes level two, and Interceptor basically blows the truck up. Now, we don't go to level three just yet. No, they gotta save that shit for the end. Yep. So now we get to beat the guy who funded the project for the probe on his yacht. John J. Stewart. So the head of the Stewart Institute of Technology, where they both work. Yeah. Play, played by Charles Keating, another one of those folks who, if you don't know the name, when you see his picture, you'll be like, ah, I know who that is. Uh-huh. I just find it funny he was playing a character named John Stewart. John J. Stewart. Yeah. Would he go on to host the Daily Show? Uh, no, you're thinking of John Stewart Leibowitz. Nice guy, that guy. Oh, I saw it. See what you did there. Yep. Carry on. So, John J. Stewart makes an offer to Mr. Mr. Interceptor. An offer he really can't afford to refuse. Work for me. Work for, it's like work for me with all these uh, secret sort of missions while we try and separate you from the interceptor. I mean the infiltrator. I've been saying <laughs> how many how many times have I said interceptor on this you, thing? You've and said it a few say, times. Yeah, you've said it a few times. I'm like, wait a minute. I <laughs> meant infiltrator. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. Yeah, they always refer to the probe as infiltrator. I'm like, why are they always why are they saying infiltrator? Why can't they call it the infiltrator? Nobody refers to it as the. They always nope. refer to it as infiltrator for some reason. I mean, I know the title card on the pilot said infiltrator, but at the end of the episode, which I'm which we'll probably get to later, they call it the infiltrator. So I'm like, what? What is it? Is it Infiltrator or The Infiltrator? Nobody knows and nobody cares to know. Yeah. What happens now? The uh... Uh, What happens now is uh, somebody blows the yacht up and... Oh, yeah. And Infiltrator goes into full Infiltrator mode, protecting both Scott Bakula and uh, his lady friend. But our mad scientist and our rich industrialist managed to get the jump on him by capturing her. They went on to the beach after the boat got blown up. Uh-huh. And then they go climbing some rocks. The villain's watching them. And, and the villain's on the phone with somebody. They're still climbing. Infiltrator finds something. Infiltrator finds the secret back door. How are you going to open up the secret back door? I don't know. How do you open a secret back door? He's going to use a rock to break okay. open the lock. Use the rock, break open the lock. Bada bing, bada boom. It's still, yeah, it's still locked. And, uh, yeah, he has no idea how to fix this without, you know, 
turning on his arm. Except he does, because he's using, like, a pocket... What is that, a compass? I guess so. It's it's one of those... As you can tell, this is one of those shows that sort of blends MacGyver with a Japanese superhero show. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, like I said, it's Auto Man three years later. Except he except he doesn't go to zippers. Oh, uh, that would have been in episode five of this one to series. <laughs> okay, so they so they find a hole. They're find they're in they're in the sort of evil bunker, and Scott Bakula falls off. Next thing you know, Infiltrator transforms his arm into a grappling hook. There's just one problem. Oh no, what? Where's Carrie? Oh, there's Carrie. She's been kidnapped by the mad scientist. By the way, mad scientist played by Michael Bell. So he manages to rescue our fair damsel in distress and meet Mr. Mad Scientist at the same time. Scott Bakula wants them freed right now. Michael Bell says, no way, dude. Covers the entire lab in poison gas. Now we see what happens with level three. Yeah! Enter full robot suit. And because uh, Scott Bakula was basically knocked out, Infiltrator is operating on its own. Again, this is where the show goes full Japanese superhero. Right down to the hole, he didn't really kill the doctor, which he probably should have, but whatever. Well, you can't really kill him, because then he goes on to be the voice of Chaz Finster. And then then we never get the episode. Hold up a second. Get it all out your system now, buddy. Well, hold up. I gotta type it because this is part of the same episode of Rats with two segments. Hold on a second. Okay, while Greg's while Greg's doing that, talking about Michael Bell. Uh huh. Going through his CV on uh, on IMDb, uh, I do think we need to mention not just his connection to Rugrats, but also. he, apparently he oh he, oh this show oh shit yeah Hold we up. this oh here it goes I just finished it all right Mike I want you to read this okay I'm 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 there <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> okay I've I've never really watched Rugrats but you've never the... watched Rugrats I, I I'll admit I've never seen Rugrats <laughs> read it. I read it. No, out loud. I want you to read it out loud. The Rugrats where DD went on a game show hosted by Alex Trebek and Chucky's dad got a giant check from Pat Zajac. Yes. Okay, so as I was saying about Michael Bell, okay, <laughs> this needs to be mentioned. Plus, I'm sorry, there's more entries here. Just follow me. Okay, first. He was a voice on, and this should be a future installment if, uh, since it isn't already, the Plastic Man Comedy Adventure Show. Man. Oh, God damn it! I forgot Plastic Man had his own animated cartoon. Yes. And also, 
Uh, he was a voice on The Dukes, an animated version of The Dukes of Hazard, Which I believe is already on the list, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Oh, okay. hold up. Hold up. If we already have, the, if we got the Dukes, hold up a second. Okay, but also, he was a voice on, and I know this is not a submission. Good one. Coy and Vance Duke, yes. And this I know is not a submission, but damn it, I'm going to make it a submission. The Completely Mental Misadventures of Ed Grimley. Nice. Yes. Oh. But also, hey, he was also a, a, a voice on The Flintstone Kids. Yes. And Chico, I hope you're sitting down. He was also a voice on Quickie Koala. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Tex Avery. And I say that while I have the Tex Avery Screwball Classics Blu-ray from Warner Archive right now playing on the Xbox One. I think we hit the holy trinity. Well, not even trinity. It's like a five-pointed trinity. Plastic Man, the Quickie Koala Show, the Dukes, the Flintstone Kids, and the Ed Grimley animated series. And apparently the, the Ed Grimley animated series looks like it was on DVD because it says the Hanna-Barbera Classic Collection. So that oh, yeah, might be yeah. one of those $11 DVDs eventually. Okay. So, and 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 so, that was Infiltrator. No, no, no. We oh, haven't talked about the end yet. Oh, yeah, that's right. Sorry. Because after, after the villain's been destroyed, after his layer's destroyed, they're on the the rich guy, John Stewart's on the beach with Scott Bakula and the girl. Okay, let's talk about the end then. So now that Michael Bell has been thoroughly uh, infiltrated, I guess. Yes. We're on the beach with uh, Carrie, Dr. Carrie Langdon and our uh, and John J. Stewart. Where John J. Stewart again makes the offer. Hey. Work work for me. I'll try and get you free of Infiltrator. Yeah, so I guess this would have been like the series, like Scott Bakula going around the world helping John Stewart with his problems and stuff. It would it, it would definitely read that way. Yeah. Yep. So now we've reached the end of the show with um. It's Tim Reed and I forget who Tim Reed are. and Daphne Maxwell Reed. Yeah, from, his, his wife. His wife. Okay, from F- Frank's place. Okay. Well, yeah. no, his wife in real life, I believe. They're, yeah, they're, yeah, they're married in real life, and they were married on Frank's place, which was premiering that fall. And what had happened was, what had happened was, they had two nine hundred numbers to call in to give your thoughts on this pilot, like. If you liked it, you called this number. If not, you called that number. But anybody who knows anything about how TV works knows that this means absolutely caca poo poo pee pee nothing. No. No, it was dead in the water to begin with. Yeah. Oh, and we should mention Frank's Place future installment. Yeah. Yes. You know, guys, instead of having Tim and Daphne redo the promo for the like and didn't like for the infiltrator. You know who they should have gotten to do the 900 promo read for the infiltrator? Ernie Anderson? No, he's on another network. Okay. They should have gotten Mean Gene Okerlund to do it. 
Oh, jeez. Fans, it's 50 cents a call. <laughs> Fans, 50 cents a call. Call 1-900-220-2311 if you like the infiltrator, or 1-900-220-2322 if you didn't like it. Fans, don't wait another minute. Make that telephone call right now. Sorry, Mean Gene Okerlund was getting busy for his role on Tag Team four years later. Nice. Call back to last week. I guess that's it for the infiltrate. The infiltrator? Infiltrator? The infiltrate? That's another thing. Mr. Infiltrator. Mr. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Infiltrator. They didn't know how to address this before and after, but they addressed it as infiltrator on the show. But it's the infiltrator when Tim and Daphne Reed are describing it. Like, that's you... what I said. What does this. What... What is the title? Shows you exactly what this means to the network. Absolutely freaking nothing. No. But thankfully, Scott Bakula would hit the jackpot two years later with Quantum Leap. With a similar concept to this show. Yeah. And again, this is one of the this just because the pilot didn't make it to series doesn't mean that the concept is not sound. See Chuck, Jake 2.0. Uh, that sh- that show where uh, is there another show where nanobots infiltrate a, a, an unsuspecting person's body? Wasn't Kyle XY sort of like that? No, Kyle XY was a genetically uh, altered. Okay. Oh uh, no, Kyle XY was like clones and stuff. Oh okay. But yeah, the concept alone was sound. The pilot just sucked. Yeah. And that's why the infiltrator was a thing on TV. All right, guys. It's time to play another edition of one of our new segments, eBay Prices Right. Ready, you guys. Oh, uh, you found something related to Infiltrator on well, eBay. So, well, something related to Scott Bakula on eBay. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh boy. Here we go. Okay. So I got an original Quantum Leap TV series paperback book starter set of seven books. Now, there's a starting bid. It The auction ends in 12 hours, but basically nobody's going to bid on this. So I want you to know. What is the starting bid for this item of seven Quantum Leap books? $20. Mike? Oh, it's got to be more outrageous than that. I'm going to go $34.99. You have both overbid. Okay. (laughs) We both lose. Yeah. Okay, Okay, let me try uh, $7.99. Mike? No, I'm not going to be that person. Uh, I'll go nine ninety nine. Starting bid fourteen dollars and ninety five cents. Really? Yep. For seven quantum leap bucks, that's a steal, if you ask me. Just about, yeah. 
that's going to go in our It Was a Thing on TV library, which is adjacent to the museum. Yeah, and the funny part is, guys, one of the books is titled Too Close for Comfort. So do you think Dr. Sam Beckett met Monroe? Probably. Monroe! <laughs> I don't know if these books were before or after Scott Bakula was researching a role in Philadelphia where he ran into one of our very good friends, Ango Gablogian. I just wonder if in that book, Too Close for Comfort, if somehow Scott Bakula runs into Cosmic Cow. Oh, that'd be great. Yep. Ango Gavlogian and Cosmic Cow. Who would have thought those two would be mentioned in an episode of this show? Yeah. Who would have thunk it? Well, I guess that puts the wraps on this episode, unless you guys want to make more Cosmic Cow jokes. No. No, I think we're good. We've mentioned all everything we have to do about the Flintstone kids this episode. And, and we got in the, the mandatory quickie koala reference for Chico. Yep. Thank you. Well, as always, back episodes, our social media links, everything's at www.itwasathingontv.com. Yep. Next week. Oh, 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 oh no. Next week is going to be painful. That's all I'm going to say. We got two pilots for to talk about next week. And oh, I, I've seen the whole of one of them and part of the second. And uh, one was just misdone, and the other was just crap. We'll keep it at that. One one had potential if it was taken in a different direction. The other is just awful. Awful, awful, awful. But that's next week. Oh, boy. Guys, this one's been fun. Thank you very much, Greg and Chico, and I'm Mike, and we'll be here next week with two more unsold pilots on It Was a Thing on TV. How did they know that my wife took it all? And I'm not researching roles. How did they know? Ziggy, if you hear me, take me far, far from here. Let me leap to 89. That was a better year. I miss my old Camaro and my mansion in Van Nuys. Wish I still hung with Nash Bridges, played poker with a folk guy. Oh, Ziggy, can you see my tears? Ziggy! Leave me far, far from here.